Welcome, everyone, to the Fantasy Fessionals Football Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio, as always, by my co-host and good friend, the Fantasy Fessional himself, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeremy Butterball Van Curen. Butter, how are we this afternoon, bud? I'm good, man. How about yourself? Doing well, Butter. Glad to have you back in studio, man. We Zoomed it last week. Uh, obviously, kind of work schedules and other stuff getting in the way, but uh, you're back up here this afternoon. We've uh, we've cracked a couple beers, and uh, we're having a good time, right? Yes, sir. Well, well, Butter, you know, we got a lot to talk about this week. Obviously, we're going to recap the conference championship games, uh, the Bucks and the Chiefs. The Super Bowl is set, my friend. Now, we get two weeks, so we got to simmer, simmer on it, all right? So we can't can't make our Super Bowl picks just yet. We'll save that for next week's pod. Uh, but a lot of news as well, so a lot of potential quarterbacks on the move and all kinds of other crazy stuff so we're going to dive into all that good stuff my friend but before we do so as always we've got to show some love to our favorite sports bar and of course that's chalk sports bar chalk is oklahoma city's premier luxury sports bar located in chisholm creek plaza at 1324 west memorial road follow ben chad and the whole chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on twitter and instagram at chalkokc it's the best damn sports bar in Oklahoma, and there's no better place to have a conversation about the NFL and watch all the games each and every Sunday. Always the favorite, that's Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. The best damn sports bar, period. Absolutely. A lot of local deals kind of going on there right now, my man Ben. So I think they're doing trivia uh, on Tuesday evenings uh, uh, each and every week. Uh, we got some uh, some Coop uh, uh, Wileys. Uh, Will and Wiley's, right? I think that's the seltzer that uh, Coop makes. Uh, some special deals on that, and then obviously doing some special deals uh, during Thunder games for the NBA as well. So go check those guys out. Have a good time. And again, you will not lack for sports on television screens, ladies and gentlemen. I can guarantee you that. So. I stopped by there and had a pit stop last Sunday. Nice. Fantastic. Fantastic. You see any of the guys there? Any, any local ben. faces? Good yeah, deal. Good ben. deal. Well, well, Butter, let's dive into it, my friend. We're going to start with the NFC Championship in Surprise, surprise, Tom Brady does it again, right? Bucks 31, Packers 26. I mean, this was a close game, right, in the second half. Uh, obviously, the, the Pack had a couple of chances. We'll get into some of the coaching decisions and some of the crazy stuff that happened here. But first and foremost, I, I guess we have to talk about Tom Brady. You know, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, threw some interceptions yeah. as well, Butter. So he was a little shaky, but the man finds a way to win. He finds a way to get it done. Your initial thoughts on Bucks over the Packers. I know you had the Bucks, so so kudos to you on that pick, my friend. Yeah, I mean, uh the Bucks come out of the gate, you know. I mean, and I think they were up twenty one to ten at half, you know. But um, you know, I mean, the Green Bay Packers, I mean, they still had quite a bit of fight left in them. Uh Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I think he had a pretty, pretty good game. I mean, uh, threw for three touchdowns, 346 yards. But, you know, I mean, um, to me, you know, I mean, the the Green Bay Packers were playing uh, catch-up all day long. And so, I mean, their running game was 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 really, really uh, non-existent. I mean, uh, they used three running backs. I mean, one of the guys that I had picked that I figured would have a, a pretty decent game, Aaron Jones, I mean, really didn't account for much. Um on Sunday. Yeah, and he ended up, he got injured, I think, yeah. right? So, it kind of got popped and fumbled the ball and uh, didn't really come back into the game, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, um, old man Brady, I mean, figures out a way to do it again. And and one of the things, you know, I mean, that, that I was thinking about and people have kind of been mentioning, you know, I mean, 
he's been in the NFC for one year and he's already got more he's already got the same amount of NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. <laughs> I saw a lot of those stats. And one of them was directed at our, our team, the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. right? So I think it was the number of NFC championships since nineteen ninety five or something like that, ninety six, whatever it was, and uh, yeah, twenty five years for the Cowboys and one and uh, one year for uh, one for one, I, I should say, for Tom Brady. But you know, you, you mentioned going into the half up twenty one ten butter, and I know one of the pivotal moments in that game late in the second half looked like the Bucks were maybe trying to set up for a field goal right so there's kind of some back and forth questionable as to when you know coaches should have taken timeouts and, and when they shouldn't have the the Bucks throw it deep right mm-hmm. to uh to, to our man um what Scotty Miller long touchdown pass right 39 yard touchdown pass on essentially the last play of the half inexcusable really for the Packers to give that up right at that point in time I, I thought it was over right I thought it was going to turn into a blowout credit to the Packers for sticking around and actually having a chance to win the game at the end but that is just inexcusable right yeah I mean uh, I mean you can't give up long passes I mean because uh, I mean uh, especially like right before half I mean that 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 like will change the the momentum the complexity of the game you know and I mean and that's one of the reasons, I mean, whenever you're, you're down um, only four points at the time and you're now you're down 11. So, um, you know, I mean, it, it kind of changes your whole game plan. And uh, like I said, I mean, they were playing catch up the rest of the way. Yeah, and and you know I know I think it's 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 Petting I think is the defensive coordinator for the Packers. Petted or Petting I think is his name. He was obviously taking a lot of heat, butter, but uh, some of that heat I, I guess uh, was was alleviated to a certain degree as we get late into the fourth quarter. Packers decide uh, they're down 31-23, right? Mm-hmm. So they decide to kick a field goal with roughly you know I want to say it was about four minutes left. I think butter give or take somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, a, a lot of discussion about you know whether LaFleur in the Packers should have went for. I know in the third down play, I guess leading up to that butter, it looked as if Aaron Rodgers could have ran the ball in for a touchdown, right? So kind of the the, the right side of the field kind of opened up. He decides to try to squeeze the ball in there, kind of throwing across his body. It doesn't really work out at that point. Uh, but your thoughts on on that? Um, again, I, I think the Packers they they kicked the field goal. There's there's two what two thirty seven left, give or take, uh, hoping that they they had all three timeouts in the two minute warning, right? So the thought being. Hey, the Bucks might get conservative. We can stop them, and we can get the ball back, and we'll have a chance to win the game. You know, uh, come under fire a lot. Coach Lafleur come under fire a lot on that for that decision, giving the ball back to Tom Brady. And the Bucks obviously didn't work out; they didn't get the ball back. But your thoughts on that kind of uh, a, a run of play there towards the end of the game? Well, I mean, it's it's one of those things. You know, I mean, uh, if, if it was me, I mean, I would have went and tried to uh, get the touchdown. You know, I mean, instead of kicking the field goal, because obviously, I mean. Uh, a touchdown and a two-point conversion ties it up. And, um, you know, I mean, their defense really, I mean, they didn't shut Tom Brady down. Yes, they did stop him. But, I mean, having, I mean, asking your defense to go stop somebody like Tom Brady to, to win the ball game, I mean, that's kind of one of those things, you know, I mean, you really don't want to, Put that on your defense. I mean, with as with as good as Tom Brady is, I mean that's the type of quarterback that he is. I mean he's been in that situation before. I mean th- these are the type of games that he goes out and wins, and uh, these are like some of the situations that um, he's very very comfortable in. Yeah, and, and you know I, I thought about this a lot, Butter, and thought about what I would say whenever you and I were going to talk about it here on the pod, and I don't think I have quite a harsh 
of stance on it as what a lot of other folks do with regards to Lafleur. Because let's assume that they go for it on fourth down, Butter. They mm-hmm. get the touchdown. So it's 31-29. Let's assume that they get the two-point conversion, and it's 31-all with two and a half minutes to go in the game, give or take, right, is where it would be. What's going to happen on the very next play? They're going to kick the ball back to Tom Brady. Right, so so Brady's going to get the ball back one way or the other, and you, are you going to give him the ball back with two and a half minutes and two timeouts plus the the two minute warning, and all he needs is a field goal, uh, or are you going to, you know, hope that maybe the Bucks go a little conservative, try to run the ball, run the clock out, pick up a first down, and your defense is able to stop them? Now, obviously, the Bucks didn't do that, right? I think on that very first down or the first down play right after they come out and throw the ball and pick up eight or nine yards on first down. You know, the Packers take the intentional uh, you know, uh, uh, encroachment fall, uh, offsides uh, to kind of move the clock along uh, in that regard, go ahead and give them the first down. But I don't think from a strategic standpoint it's as bad as maybe what it looks because you're going to give the ball back to Brady either way. Your defense is going to have to stop him one way or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, If you get a stop, you're going to overtime under one scenario. And if you get a stop in the other one, you have a chance to go win the game and get the ball back, right? right? So I, I, I'm not as harsh on it. I know, I think Aaron Rodgers even kind of come out and threw LaFleur under the bus saying, like, well, the reason why I didn't try to run it in on third down is I thought we were going to go for it on fourth down, which is kind of a bullshit excuse. I, but I, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's kind of a twat, to be honest with you, man. So he seems to be kind of a smarmy know-it-all. Uh, yeah, he's been an incredible player. He's got incredible stats. Probably going to be the NFL MVP this year. But I feel like he's kind of got a shitty attitude. And maybe he has a right to have a shitty attitude this year with what the Packers did, drafting Jordan Love in the first round. He could you know, be on his way out. Yeah, and, and I think that ties into the, the next storyline that we have here is where does Aaron Rodgers go from here? Uh, your thoughts on that? Is it is he is he done in Green Bay? Is it time to kind of move on, or is that relationship salvageable? And can they kind of re up and give it a shot for one more year in Green Bay? Well, I mean, I think that the that the relationship was really, really, really kind of uh, damaged. I, I wouldn't necessarily say fractured yet, but whenever the Packers go out and draft uh, Jordan Love with a a really, really, really high draft pick whenever they could have used it on, you know, a lineman, um, another wide receiver, I mean, a defensive back, somebody that could come in and help the team just right off the bat. Um, I think that that kind of, that's one of those things, you know, I mean, it's going to be one of those things in the offseason, how damaged is that relationship, you know, I mean, uh, now I will say this, if, um, if Aaron Rodgers wants to, to get out of Green Bay, man, I mean, he's done everything uh, as far as just statistical-wise this year to to be able to find another home easily. I mean, there's going to be a lot of teams this offseason looking for quarterbacks. You know, I mean, who could – who could who – could, uh, a lot of teams that could just use a quarterback just to get over that hump to get from not making the playoffs to the playoffs or from uh, making the playoffs – to possibly uh, get into the second round or get into the NFC Championship. Yeah, he's no doubt a transformative player, right, at the quarterback position, one of the best that's probably arguably ever played it right now. His record, whenever it counts, right, NFC Championship games, a number of Super Bowls, that'll probably come into question. He's got one, so you can't can't take that away from him, but I think he's one in four all-time in mm-hmm. NFC Championship games now, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, you know, that that's probably a little chink in the armor there, but there's no questioning the talent. Um, you know, getting up there in age, right? I think he's, what, 30, 37, 38 now, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that ballpark. Like that, yeah. but, but the way he plays right now, still definitely a few good years left in him. It really kind of boils down to, you know, 
how long does he want to play and, and does he uh, want to go through it, uh, the rigor of an NFL season uh, yet again. But uh, you have to think that there's going to be some teams inquiring about that situation from the Packers. And the Packers, I'm sure, may tell him to piss off. Or I say, hey, look, he's our guy. He's not going anywhere. Um, but we've seen that those situations are dynamic. They're fluid. Certainly as we get closer to the NFL draft, right at the end of April. I know roster bonuses and things of that nature usually kick into effect, I think, March 1st. Uh, conceivably, there could be a move uh, here uh, sometime over the next few weeks, so we'll we'll keep an eye on that. But, yeah, I mean, he's got to be frustrated, right? Yeah, I mean, and then also, you know, I mean, it, I mean here, here's, another, here's another twist on that. It could be one of those things where, you know, I mean, if, if the Packers can, can compete next year and win another Super Bowl and uh, – I mean, maybe they drafted Jordan Love to to learn from Aaron Rodgers. That way, they didn't get left out in the cold whenever he does get ready to hang it up. I mean, um, but you know, I mean, it, it it has to be in the back of his mind. You know, I mean, um, when you guys drafted a quarterback a lot higher than what um, I guess he probably would have liked him to draft, and uh, I mean, they they could have used that pick on somebody that could have came in and uh, made an impact. This season, you know. Yeah, you mentioned DB, and I, I think secondary might be where uh, where Green Bay might need some help in that that front. I think that Zaire Alexander, a kid out of Louisville, I think is a pretty good corner there. But mm-hmm. the slot guy, King, I think was his name. He ends up getting the pass interference called on him uh, that kind of ends up effectively ending the game, right? The uh, the, the uh, Bucks end up taking knees after that. Uh, somewhat of a controversial call there at the end, right? So the refs were certainly letting him play, being physical all game long, uh, but there's certainly no doubt he tugged on his shirt, right? I mean, it, yeah. was, it was a clear, well, you want to call it a hold, pass interference, whatever it is. I mean, it would have resulted in a first down uh, either way you dice it, so it doesn't really matter. But I think I think the King guy was the one that gave up the long touchdown to uh, uh, Scotty as well, right before halftime as well. Scotty Miller uh, that we had alluded to earlier uh, allowed him to go up uh, 21-10, uh, again, maybe a, a slot corner might be might be what they're looking at because the uh, King certainly had a uh, had a rough day on Sunday. But you know, going up against Tom Brady, there's a lot of uh, DBs that have had rough days uh, yep. going up against the goat in the past. So uh, maybe maybe a rush to judgment there on that front. But Bucks win it again. Brady finds a way. Uh, we won't belabor the fact that you know obviously the Bucks will be playing at home in the Super Bowl the first time ever. I mean that that story's kind of been. <laughs> Uh, screwed out or talked out already right now. So, yes, we get it first time ever. Uh, I don't know that it's going to have a big impact on the game, but uh, they'll head back to Tampa Bay, and uh, Tom Brady will be in his 10th Super Bowl, Butter. Just absolutely the, the stats, right? You think about he has an opportunity to win seven, right? So that that's just uh, something that I don't I don't foresee that being beat in our lifetime. Do you? I mean, I mean a guy like Mahomes conceivably uh, could do it if they, they go on a big run here over the next five, ten years. But. Well, I mean, if, if you think about the the great quarterbacks, I mean, um, let's just – I mean, since 2000, uh, and we'll go back till uh, since 95, you know, I mean, because, um, I mean, whenever we – I mean, the Cowboys, I mean, me and you both Cowboys fans, you know, I mean, um, think back to their glory days – and, and, and how much uh, they went to the Super Bowl in the 90s, you know. Three out of four, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, the, the only player and the only team that I could think that um, has been better than three out of four in our lifetime um, that I can remember, I mean, is Tom Brady and the Patriots, you know I mean? Because they've went so many times. You know I mean? I think, you know I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's got a chance to – to be that player that could possibly, uh, and I'm not saying that I guarantee that he's going to do it, but I mean, he's definitely got a chance. I mean, if he can keep his, if he can keep Tyree kill Travis Kelsey, all those guys kind of around him, they can keep him healthy. 
But, you know, I mean, but you think about the, the quarterbacks that um, that have been around, you know, I mean, since 2000. I mean, there's a lot of great quarterbacks. You got Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's got one. Um, uh, Peyton Manning, he's got a Super Bowl. It's, it's way, way more spread out um, as far as NFC, AFC, if you take out the equation of uh, – Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was he was that Michael Jordan, right, during yeah. that era. I mean, he was just going to go win half of them and essentially let everybody else feast on on the scraps, so to speak, as the other half. So, yeah, just don't – can't really foresee that changing anytime soon. And again, you know, maybe if there is one man uh, that has an opportunity to do that from the quarterback position, it would be Patrick Mahomes. And so why don't we just jump on over to the AFC here, Butter. Chiefs 38, Bills 24. I think you and I thought that this this would be a closer game, right? I think that yeah. we thought that the Bills can, could find a variety of ways to keep the game close. They could they could you know compete in a shootout. They could maybe try to ugly it up from a defensive standpoint. Neither one of those things really panned out, butter. And really, what it boiled down to was red zone red zone efficiency, right? So the uh, Bills had to settle for field goals. Uh, your man uh, Tyler Bass, I think you know from a fantasy standpoint, kicked four field goals in this one. And you just can't beat the Chiefs settling for field goals, right? So the, the Chiefs were, were efficient whenever they got down there. Uh, in that offense, I mean, they are they're truly unstoppable, I think. But I don't I don't see how you hold the Chiefs to under twenty seven to thirty one points in a game in a game that means something, right? Whenever they're they're really going to give it a go. And I know the Browns people say, well, the Browns held them to twenty two. Well, that's a little bit different, right? Because obviously Mahomes got hurt in that game, and that changed the dynamic of that game there in the third quarter. And the Chiefs had 19 points at halftime in that Browns game as well. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, impressive, impressive performance. They got a chance for back-to-back, Butter. Those don't, don't come around very often, right? Yeah, I mean, with with the exception of the first quarter, I mean, the Chiefs dominated the game. Um, one of the things that, um, that I noticed, you know, I mean, which uh, Zach Moss got hurt, I think it was two, two weeks ago. I, I think believe. you're right, yeah. You know, I mean, God, I mean – the last two games, Josh Allen has been the leading rusher for Buffalo. I mean, and the other guys that are there, Devin Singletary, TJ Yeldon. I actually picked up Devin Singletary in one of my playoff leagues because, you know, I mean, I thought figured as much as Buffalo had ran the ball um, during the, the regular season, I figured that Devin Singletary would be a shoe-in. You know, I mean, to get, you know, I mean, 50, 60 yards. But, man, I mean, he didn't do crap. Um, and that – the Buffalo running game definitely has not done anything the past two weeks with the exception of Josh Allen. And so, I mean, that's one of the things that they're definitely going to have to look at uh, in the offseason is uh, getting some running back that can, I mean, keeping the guy healthy and uh, get get a go-to running back. Yep, I mean, I, take I, some of the pressure off of Josh Allen because the problem is with Josh Allen – running as much as he does is one of these days he's going to take a hit and he's going to get hurt. <laughs> You're right. And he's a big kid, right? And he's mobile and he's athletic. And so there's there's going to be that, you know, switch that he says, hey, look, I'm going to take off and run this thing. And he has that capability now. But we, we see the cumulative toll that that takes on quarterbacks mm-hmm. after you know, two, three, five, ten years in the league. You know, it, people won't think about it now, but, you know, Big Ben was a pretty mobile big guy, you know, back in the day as well, right? So he could move around whenever he first came out of Miami of Ohio during the first few years at Pittsburgh. I mean, he had a little wiggle to him to be such a big dude, right? And so, obviously, that cumulative effect kind of catches up. And, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a statue back there now. Uh, but I'm, I'm getting off topic here. But you're right. And I saw some mock drafts, Butter, 
that have the Bills taking Alabama's Najee Harris. That would be a good fit. 31st pick, you know, somewhere towards the end of the first round, obviously. And, man, you want to talk about a transformative player. I mean, what he was able to do at Alabama. The guy, I mean, he's just as good a pass receiver as he is a runner Mm -hmm. uh, out of the backfield. And so, man, he could could definitely add some bells and whistles to that Bills offense moving forward. So that would be a good fit there. But I'm with you. I think um, looking at their offense in, in the grand scheme of things, probably the only thing that they're missing is a dominant running back. Devin Singletary, I think, would be a great third down back. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think there's – you know, T.J. Yeldon kind of falls into that uh, uh, mold as well a little bit. Obviously, another Alabama running back. but And, and then maybe like another wide receiver, I mean, to compliment uh, Stephon Diggs. I mean, Cole Beasley, I mean, uh, I thought he did fantastic this year. Yeah, I mean, and he was, he's um, been injured too. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, came, came back out and, I mean, I think he was – definitely wasn't 100% uh, in this last game. But then, I mean, you go to the other side of the ball, you go to the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, man, I mean, what is it going to take to stop Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? I mean, it, the the last few weeks, I mean, both of those guys, I mean, they keep getting their catches and keep getting the, the touchdowns. I mean, and you would think, you know, I mean, well, one of these guys is going to have a big game and one of them is going to have an off week. And, you know, I mean – they keep proving me wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and Butter, I know you'll, you'll relate to this because your son, JJ, right, Little League football, you, know, you always think about whenever you're watching Little League football, you know, say you know, kids that are 7, 8, 9, 10 years old, whatever it may be, you know, that best athlete, there's always one kid on the field that kind of gets put at running back or quarterback or whatever, and he just looks like he's he's faster than everybody else, mm-hmm. right? It's just not even close. Tyreek Hill is that guy at the NFL level. I mean, his ability from from to go from 0 to 60 – the top end speed is is I mean whenever you watch it on TV it doesn't look real whenever yeah. that guy kind of takes off and so he has 172 yards receiving uh, Travis Kelsey ends up with all the touchdowns this week right so he has mm-hmm. the the two touchdowns I want him kind of on a little nifty I'd say a shovel pass if you want to call it that but kind of an underhand pass there uh, kind of a a nice uh, diagram play there close to the goal line uh, for one of the touchdowns there uh, but uh, yeah I mean they are. I just don't know what you take away. And actually, they ran the ball a little bit better uh, in in spurts and in in places than maybe what I thought they would be able to do against that Bills defense. So, so Darrell Williams, fifty-two yards rushing. McCole Hardman uh, had the had the one big uh, reverse or whatever it was. I think kind of fifty-yarder there. And then Clyde Edwards-Helaire, right? He's still coming back off injury and stuff. But you go back and look at their stat line. You know, they end up with one hundred fourteen yards rushing. It's like, wow. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't really think that they ended up with that much. But uh, you kind of going back and looking at it, is they they did have some success whenever they needed to. But obviously. The game was going to be won and lost on the arm of Patrick Mahomes. 325 yards, three touchdowns, uh, 128 passer rating. Damn, damn near flawless in the game, Butter. I mean, you know, questions about his health coming into it with mm-hmm. the turf toe and then obviously the concussion that he had the week before against the Browns. I mean, whenever he's going and he's at the top of his game, uh, he's he's the best in the business right now, right? Well, I mean, like, I got I got a funny story to tell you. Uh, last week, you know, I mean, J.J., he had his uh, Baker Mayfield jersey on. Well, I mean. Oh, you or Cleveland? Cleveland. Okay. Yeah. His other favorite player, I mean, which I told J.J. this week I was rooting for Buffalo, but his other favorite player is Patrick Mahomes. Um so these these young kids today, they're all bandwagoners, but they're just going here with the, the best quarterbacks. So Crystal <laughs> sent me this picture. He has his Patrick Mahomes jersey on. He's got a Kansas City Chiefs hat on backwards, and he's got his Patrick Mahomes koozie. And the TV's just sitting right there. And he's sitting there watching it. So, I mean, 
<laughs> but, yeah, yeah. For our listeners out there, but, Butterball's son is a football aholic. There, there is no other way to describe this kid. If he's not watching it, he's playing Madden or NCAA, right? So on yes, the video sir. game, so he he is hardcore. So we'll have to have him on the pod at some point. But he knows more about football than you and I do. I think already. Well, well again, I, I think we're set up for an absolute. Uh, just just a gem of a Super Bowl butter, and I you know, we got to wait two weeks for it, right? So or ten days, wherever right now. We're recording this here on Wednesday afternoon. So, uh, but you know, one of the questions that's been banding about by you know ESPN, a lot of other outlets out there that that uh, uh, sports outlets, they're, they're asking whether or not this is perhaps the greatest quarterback matchup in a Super Bowl. And now that's something that you and I were talking about, you know, swapping text uh, throughout the week. Saying, well, maybe it is, but you know, there, there's been some other really good matchups in the past, right? So we talked about, you know, what a few years ago, the the Saints Super Bowl, right? It was Drew Brees versus Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. right? Ten years ago, however long that's been now, remember what Super Bowl was? I'm starting to lose track of all the numbers. So there's been some other really good matchups, you know, in the past, but but boy, looking at it on paper in a vacuum right now, I mean, you can't think of just a whole lot of matchups between top-tier Hall of Fame quarterbacks that kind of pan. You know, you had John Elway against Brett Favre, right, whenever the Broncos won their first one. Uh, that was a pretty good matchup back in Super Bowl thirty-three or whatever it was. Shit, it's good, been a long time ago. Good now. running backs in that game. but Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Terrell Davis. Uh, but uh, your, your thoughts on that, uh, again, always the latest is always the greatest, so maybe we're rushing to judgment here. But uh, it's definitely going to rank up there as one of the best of all time, right? Yeah, um, I, I was sitting there thinking, thinking about this. Um, whenever Russell Wilson, the – Seahawks won the Super Bowl. Who who did they play? Did they play? Um, the it was Patriots? the Broncos, right? So no, or, I think it was the Broncos, right? Peyton, they they kind of yeah, it was Peyton. an ass kicking, right? They the okay. the center snaps it over Peyton's head on the first play of the game in a safety. Yeah, it was kind okay. of just a butt kicking from that point forward. I don't know what the final score was, but it was like bad, forty seven to eight or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking. Of, I mean, eventually, I mean, uh, with the way that uh, Russell Wilson is, I mean, you could probably put him in that conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. This matchup right here, I mean, obviously, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you have an MVP versus, I guess you would call it an old MVP. I mean, because both of these quarterbacks, I mean, are capable of uh, winning Super Bowls. Um, so, I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is, um, Patrick Mahomes can put himself in a um, in a place where he could win two Super Bowls in a row. And I mean, that's one of those things like right now, I mean, the only person that's really done that um, is Tom Brady uh, within the last, you know, 20 years. It's been a long time, right? You think back to, you know, those teams of the decades, right? So the Packers winning the first two Super Bowls in the 60s. Uh, obviously, the Pittsburgh Steelers did it twice, I think, during the, the mid-70s into the late 70s. Uh, you had the 49ers obviously doing back-to-back and winning four throughout the 80s, our Cowboys, right, mm-hmm. in the early 90s, 92, 93, and then winning it again in 95. And then, yeah, the 2000s were essentially dominated by the Patriots for the most part, right? So they had a, a couple back-to-backs in there, kind of sprinkled out through their uh, six Super Bowl champions uh, championships under Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's reign. But, I mean, I'm with you. He's got a chance to, to really – I mean, crap, he almost becomes a, a Hall of Famer if he wins the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I, mean, I, I think <laughs> you're right. He's so I mean, young in his career. but it's, I mean, the, the thing is, though, I mean, it's like – I mean, he'll if he can if they can figure out a way to win the Super Bowl, um, it'll get him two Super Bowl rings. But I mean, as far as the stats and the MVPs, I mean, uh, he he he's already there as far as uh, statistical wise. You know, I mean, 
So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really, really uh, great matchup. And, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, but as a better, uh, I have a financial interest in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You you dabble, right? I think you, you've been known to dabble in that regard. But but speaking of the quarterbacks, Butter, so uh, NFL MVP odds right now. Currently, uh, uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, the favorite to be named the MVP of Super Bowl uh, 54. Is this, I think it's 54, right? Is that what we're on? Or 55? I think it's 55. Yeah, it's 55. That's what it is. Uh, 54 is last year, obviously, where, where Patrick Mahomes won that one as well. But uh, minus 120, the betting favorite. And to no surprise, Tom Brady would be next on that list, plus 180, uh, plus 190, depending upon your book there. So you have have to probably lean out there and say that hey the winning team whether you're, you're going to bet on the Bucks to win or whether you're going to bet on the Chiefs to win there's a pretty good chance that the the, the winning quarterback is going to be named the MVP and so you and I were doing a little googling and a, a little trivia research there but only player to be named a Super Bowl MVP on a losing team butter and it's it's one of our guys right it's a Dallas Cowboy He's a Cowboy yeah. yeah absolutely linebacker Chuck Howley Way back in Super Bowl five, so uh, uh, Cowboys lose to the Colts sixteen to thirteen. But Howley had two picks and a forced fumble, I think, is what it was, uh, and he was the only losing player to be named a Super Bowl MVP even today, or fifty years later. Uh, so I guess a rather dubious legacy. I'm sure he would have rather traded the MVP uh, for a uh, for a Super Bowl win. But the Cowboys uh, come back and won Super Bowl six the uh, the next year, and Howley had a pretty good game in that one too. I think he forced a couple turnovers there. So well, I mean that's another thing that that you bring to. That it kind of uh, brings a light too. I mean, I wonder. Uh, I mean, I, he was a defensive MVP. The only other defensive MVP that I can think of didn't Larry Brown. Wasn't he like he was? Well, it's yeah. actually the Cowboys have a couple of those. Yeah. He had Larry Brown yeah. against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Super Bowl Thirty. Right, had the two picks against Neil O'Donnell. One of them, the pick six. Right, took it back to the house, which was kind of the backbreaker, the difference in that game. But I want to say in Super Bowl six, I think the very next year that we're talking about, you know, way back when, I want to say uh, Randy White. Uh, and uh, one of the line, I think they were co-MVPs, but they were on the defensive side of the ball as well. So the Cowboys have actually had four uh, defensive MVPs, which you think back to those glory days of Troy Aikman and Emmitt Smith and all that, which they each won a Super Bowl MVP as well uh, there in uh, uh, 92 and 93. But uh, it was they had some, had a lot of defensive guys as well in, in, in win MVPs. So, yeah, so I mean, yeah, fun fun trivia there. With, with the way that the offenses um, run now in the NFL, I mean, you really don't see that many defensive MVPs in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I was I was trying to think when the last one that I can remember was Larry Brown. I mean, if there's been one since then, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Whenever the Broncos won it against the Panthers, Von Miller may have been the MVP, right? I think he had a couple of sacks and maybe a Could strip fumble yeah. against uh, Cam Newton and stuff a few few years ago. Whenever uh, 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 Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl there before he kind of hung it up uh, for the Broncos. Uh, but uh, yeah, fun stuff there. And obviously next week we'll be focusing in on all kinds of Super Bowl prop bets and all the Super Bowl storylines. Obviously it's going to be a weird experience due to COVID, right? So the teams are going to be coming in just two days before the game. So media day, typically the Tuesday uh, before the Super Bowl, it won't uh, won't be the same as it's been in years past, but uh, uh, we'll be following all the storylines and, and hopefully it's relatively quiet, right? So nobody's going to be injured. I know uh, one, one storyline that might have an impact on the game is the uh, Chiefs left tackle uh, uh, Achilles tear, right? So he's out for this game. Going to be you know, obviously out for extended Fisher, time. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think his name. So Eric, you know, Eric Fisher, I think. 
might have an impact on the game, right? So you think about the left tackle being, you know, one of the most important positions to kind of keep that blind side of a quarterback protected. Mm-hmm. So that one, you know, keep an eye out for that. Uh, you have the uh, uh, some really good pass rushers for the Bucks there, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, a couple other guys as well. They can get after the quarterback, so we'll we'll see the if Dominic that has an too. impact. Yeah, see if that has an impact on the game as we get closer uh, to next Sunday down in Tampa. So sticking with the storyline of quarterbacks, Butter. Lots of storylines, all kinds of Q, a QB carousel. We always think about this time of year being the coaching carousel. Man, it, there's just as many potential quarterback trades and moves. And what's also going to be a really deep draft class uh, for quarterbacks as well, right? So I saw uh, Mel Kuyper, obviously an NFL draft guru, uh, been, uh, been a part of ESPN for a long, long time now. I think he had five quarterbacks going in the first 18 picks or something like that in his mock draft. Uh, And again, that'll change and evolve over time as we get closer to April. So deep draft from a quarterback standpoint coming up in April, but a lot of superstars out there looking to be moved and and most likely will be moved, right? We talked about Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. what may happen with his future there, a beautiful mystery in his own words uh, with Green Bay, but you have Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Seems like that's probably going to happen, right? He's going to be traded to someone at some point. And so I'm sure they're going to ask for a King's ransom there and understandably so. You get the story breaking that Matthew Stafford is going to move on from the Detroit Lions. Uh, obviously a super talented guy, you know, getting up there in age. Now put up a lot of stats, but it was never really put in a winning position there in Detroit. You think about guys like Matt Ryan, Big Ben, and then our guy Dak Prescott. Right? What's going to happen with him in the offseason coming back from that broken, broken ankle uh, in surgery there? And will he be franchised again? Will he work out a deal with the Cowboys where they – decide to mutually part ways your thoughts on some of these QB moves and, and who in your opinion is that prize gym that's out there in the QB carousel this year bud well I mean it really kind of all depends on uh what you're looking for and how much money you want to spend I mean I think um with all the names that you just mentioned right there I mean I mean it could be a domino effect kind of um depending on who goes where I mean obviously um the San Francisco 49ers are looking for a quarterback. If um, if Watson does indeed get traded, you know, the Texans are going to be looking for a quarterback. If um, Drew Brees decides, I mean, which I don't think he's announced that he's hanging it up yet. Nothing official yet. Again, everybody assumes that he's he's done and that he will be hanging it up. I mean, that could be a possibility. Um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, um, I think if I was a quarterback um, – and I could choose where I wanted to go, I would think that one of the um, – and th- that's just if Drew Brees, Big Ben, and all these guys come back. I would think right now, like, the most intriguing p- team to go to that has uh, a lot of the uh, pieces in place already has got to be the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, and uh, I think Jim Ursay or, or maybe their general manager, somebody from the Colts organization kind of came out earlier today and said, hey, we're looking for veteran leadership or veteran vision or something like that. Obviously, Phil Rivers has hung it up now. So, you know, you don't anticipate Jacoby Brissett probably being the guy there for the next three, four, five years. He had an opportunity, you know, the year before. And, uh, you know, I, again, I think he's a solid backup, but probably not a franchise guy that you build around there. So I'm with you. And if I'm a quarterback out there on the move, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested in the culture because right? they seem to have a lot of the pieces in place, as you said, right? Great running back in Jonathan Taylor, tremendous offensive line. You think about targets, right? T.Y. Hilton. Uh, maybe could use another wide receiver or two to kind of flesh that out from an offensive standpoint. But the defense is really, really good, too. So you're right. I mean, they are a quarterback away 
from being able to compete probably for a Super Bowl, right? So being mm-hmm. able to compete with the Buffalo Bills in the uh, Kansas City Chiefs there in the AFC. So I'm with you. I think that that's, that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. And, and, and like I said, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of one of those deals. I mean, it all depends on, you know, I mean, one of the big things um, that you have to have to look at, I mean, does Dak Prescott, does he sign back with the Cowboys? Um, or does he, does he move on? Um, does, uh, does Big Ben come back or does he retire? Does Drew Brees, does he come back or does he retire? You know, I mean, uh, Big Ben and Drew Brees, I mean, both of those guys, I mean, the last uh, – their last game that they played, I mean, they both looked older. I mean, looked yeah, like they, they – uh, yeah. looked, looked older. I mean, now Drew Brees, I mean, um, was dealing with a rib injury. I mean, who knows if he was – actually 100% and the, and then with Big Ben, you know, I mean um of course, I mean he's had problems with his his arm. I mean had his, had problems with his arm last year. So, uh he could have been banged up as well, but I mean it's going to be interesting to see in the off season. I mean because um you know, I mean Philip Rivers came to Indianapolis um last year on a one-year deal. I mean and played well, right? I mean, yeah. I think I think he played pretty well. So yeah, I mean, he he got him got him to the playoffs again. We talked about it, you know, a couple of weeks ago on that wild card round against the Bills. I mean, they were damn near flawless, right? So for over four hundred something yards of offense, no turnovers and no sacks, and still, I think it was the stat that they were the only playoff or only team to lose a playoff game with that combination of things happening in a game. And so hard to fault him because uh, he he did play pretty well uh, down the stretch there. But uh, I'm with you. I, you know, Colts, obviously, you know, probably maybe a, a, a Target 1A uh, for quarterbacks out there on the move, and you'd think that they are, they'd be a match made in heaven because they're going to be looking for a quarterback. But other teams, better. you think about San Francisco 49ers, right? Seems like they're going to part ways with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? It's not working out for whatever reason. I know Garoppolo's had a lot of injuries. Uh, but they seem set to maybe cut him and kind of save some cap space on that front. They'll be looking for a quarterback if they don't move him or trade the him Patriots. before that. New England Patriots, right? They gave the... Cam Newton uh, experiment a full year. Mixed results, right? It, it started really, really well. You know, Cam Cam got COVID, I think, in late September, early October. Uh, was out for a couple weeks and just, you know, never was really the same, it felt like, after he kind of came back from that. Don't, not you know, crediting that to COVID, but just maybe the team in general. Uh, Washington, you think, is a team that's probably out there looking for a quarterback. Obviously, we talked about uh, in recent weeks, they cut Dwayne Haskins. He gets picked up by the Steelers, probably in a backup role there. You know, the Heineke kid was a great story. You know, played tremendously well during the wild card loss uh, to uh, to the Bucks and Tom Brady. But, you know, Alex Smith, probably not a long-term answer there as well with his uh, leg injury. You know, Texans are going to be on the on the lookout most likely for a quarterback, right, uh, given that the uh, it's probably going to part ways with uh, Deshaun Watson. Carolina Panthers, another club, probably on the lookout for a quarterback there, right, with Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know that he's the long-term answer, is he, Butter? Not, well, I mean – I don't think so. I mean, um, I mean, he did all right this year, but I mean, uh, one of the things with the Carolina Panthers, obviously, I mean, uh, they're gonna have to get Christian McCaffrey back and healthy. That was a big dent to, to their hopes this year. So right? I mean, yeah. can't lose your best player. Who who, who knows um, how good a how good a player Teddy Bridgewater can be with them? Be with the Carolina Panthers because he hasn't had a, a season where he's had each one of his weapons in each one of the best players is with the Carolina Panthers. So, I mean, having Christian McCaffrey back, uh, if they give him another year there, could, could I mean, 
change the way he plays and could also make him better. And, you know, um, one of the other teams that you were talking about, the the San Francisco 49ers, who actually went to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Um, didn't make the playoffs this year, but had like a buku of injuries. I mean, offensively and defensively. They side were the snake ball. bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you get a new face in there at quarterback. I mean, the, the 49ers have the talent and have players when they're healthy. I mean, because like I said, they, they, they were there last year. So, I mean, if they could upgrade uh, their quarterback play, which, you know, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he's kind of had the injury bug as well. But if you could upgrade San Francisco's uh, quarterback play, I mean, I think that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and, you you know, it is somewhat surprising that you hear a lot of those reports that the 49ers are willing to part ways with Garoppolo because, you know, you, as you mentioned, he led them to the Super Bowl last mm-hmm. year, and they they were the better team for three and a half quarters, right? So, I mean, they they had the fourth quarter lead. I think a lot of people maybe forget about that, that uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of engineered a, a big comeback there to uh, for the Chiefs to win that game, but for three quarters, three three quarters and ten minutes, five minutes, whatever, uh, the uh, the 49ers were, were on the verge of winning that. But, yeah, you mm-hmm. mentioned they, they had a ton of injuries, so I think maybe you just scrap 2020 as a lot of people are, are, are thinking about doing that for a lot of other reasons, uh, you know, football aside. But uh, <laughs> I think you throw it out the window. And, yeah, I, I just I don't know. But you think about a team that would be interesting, obviously the familiarity between the New England Patriots, right? So mm-hmm. you, you got to think that Bill Belichick would be interested in bringing Garoppolo back to New England uh, if he, the he, opportunity was there, right? He's the one that drafted him. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. And, you know, I mean, that's the thing with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it's not like – his record is really not bad, 24-9 as a starter. But, I mean, it's not like he's put up all pro numbers. But, I mean, he does enough to win football games. Yeah, just, just don't make the mistakes, right? Big guy, strong arm, can make all the throws, hell of a play-action passer as well, can kind of factor that into it. And that was when you know the 49ers were most successful last season is that they were able to run the ball, right? So they right. could uh, kind of – have play action success off of that. And, again, we had several running backs injured, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, the whole whole nine yards. And I, I mean, I think – I mean, if you think back, like whenever Jimmy Garoppolo got injured this year, I mean, one of the reasons he got injured was because they had so many injuries on the offensive line. And, had, I mean, he obviously didn't have his best offensive lineman in there. And he was having to scramble and run. And, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a pretty significant and pretty ugly injury. I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. And so hopefully he comes back 100%. Uh, two, two, two other teams in the AFC West, but I want to get your thoughts on it. They, they kind of pop up as potential, uh, I, I guess, pivot points, if you will, for quarterback play. Uh, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs are set. No issues there. Is that, is uh, that a negative? <laughs> it is, yeah. We're, we're looking at potential cap space here uh, right now on the, uh, on the NFL teams. But I, I want to get your thoughts on – the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders, right? So the Chiefs are set. You got to think that the Los Angeles Chargers are set with the way that Justin Herbert played this year, right? They got that one right. He's going to be a tremendous quarterback at the next level. Uh, seems like he uh, he he's the guy there in L.A. Broncos and Raiders, though, Butter. So let, let's start with the Broncos. Obviously, they they drafted Drew Locke out of Missouri a year or two ago, first round pick. He he's been injured as well, kind of off and on. And, and the Broncos have been kind of in a rebuilding mode, for lack of a better term. Obviously. You know, issues at the GM position, right? John Elway steps down. He kind of steps away. Still involved with the franchise, but just not going to be in charge of player personnel. And then the Raiders are somewhat intriguing as well. 
I know you and I like Derek Carr as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's scrappy. I think he's talented. I, I think that the Raiders have some pieces in place there. You got John Gruden calling the shots now from an offensive standpoint, but you know, you got Marcus Mariota obviously as a very capable backup there as well. Your thoughts on the Broncos and Raiders, and obviously it's an arms race, you know, pun intended, out in the AFC West with the other two clubs there. How do they kind of manage their quarterback situation moving forward here, Butter? Okay, first and foremost, before I start with this, I mean, uh, I love John Elway as a player. I mean, I think he's uh, one of the greatest um, quarterbacks of, of all time. I loved watching him when we were growing up. Um, but as far as like a GM, you know, I mean, I think that this is probably the best thing that the Denver Broncos could have done. Um, because the thing is, I mean, with John Atwood being the GM, like he's really striked out, um, the last, uh, four or five years with their quarterbacks and have wasted a lot of good draft picks on quarterbacks that didn't pan out. And so what was uh, the kid? they drafted the kid from Memphis well, uh, they, a few years okay, ago, even before they, Drew Locke. Yeah, yeah, they drafted. Um, well, so let me think. When does this start? He uh, got it right with Peyton Manning. So they won a super, went to two Super Bowls, won one yeah, there. So then, we'll give you credit there. But, but then they drafted that six eight kid from Arizona State. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, his name escapes me now. I know who you're talking about. Okay, yeah. then they drafted uh, Paxton Lynch. Yeah, that, that he's six 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 seven, big guy, big arm from Memphis. That's okay. right. The Tim Tebow deal, which I think he was the GM back then, uh, but jo- that was a Joss McDaniel pick, I believe. Yeah, that was. I think that predated, right? So that that, that was even before that, I think. But so. okay, and but then they bring in, um, like I said, they drafted the big six eight guy, which <laughs> who's still getting paid off of his contract uh, from one of these teams. I guarantee you. Um, yeah, because he ended up going to Houston, I think. After well, that, and right? then he went to okay. Okay, he went to Houston, then he went to um, Cleveland, and then I think he went back to uh, Denver, and then – no, it's not him. Yeah, we're, we're trying to look it up here, ladies and gentlemen. So Okay, but anyway, um, I, I think that uh, John Elway stepping aside, if, if that's what he did, I mean, I think that's probably the, the, the best move for the Denver Broncos. Um, and then – Brock Osweiler. Yes, Brock Osweiler, yeah. yeah. Uh, then then they can probably start fresh. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, like um, with with Drew Locke, you know, I mean, uh, he's only had one year. Like last year he was hurt. And, you know, I mean, he's definitely got um, playmakers around him as far as like a running back and wide receivers. But, man, I mean, his offensive line still really isn't that good. Um, you know, you know, I mean, if they, if they want to um, – to see if it if it's going to work, I mean they're going to have to get some offensive linemen uh, to protect him, and maybe give him another year. But um, you know, I mean, who knows how long that leash is uh, with uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, like I said, me and you, we both like Derek Carr. Derek Carr, if he is moved by the Raiders, he's going to have a lot of suitors. I mean, because um, I honestly believe he could be one of those players that. Um, could go to Indianapolis and and um, possibly get them to the next step. Mark Marcus Mariota, you know, I mean, I think he's one of those guys that's probably a backup. You know, I mean, um, he, he could go, um, you know, I mean, a good fit for him right now would probably be like the Texans or uh, um, maybe the Bears or 
Detroit somebody that's looking for a quarterback to get them through a year or two. That way they can draft somebody and get them get a quarterback ready. Well, I, I'll tell you a a backup role for Mariota, a place that he could fit in and kind of a, a, a transition here would be perhaps the Baltimore Ravens. So yeah. a mobile guy, right, get kind of comfortable running that spread offense. And so the Ravens were in the news this week as well, Butter, you know, kind of coming out saying that, hey, look, they're going to tie down Lamar Jackson. He deserves a big-time contract. You know, he's our guy. We're going to be moving forward with him, which is probably not a controversial statement, right? So obviously a former NFL MVP last year, right, puts up a ton of stats, you know, a fantastic athlete at the quarterback position questions arise with regards to some playoff performances which you think that well he won that game against the titans in the wild card game a couple weeks ago maybe kind of you know slayed that dragon so to speak kind of that thing that's been uh, uh, uh hovering over him kind of uh, uh with regards to big time performances but your thoughts on lamar jackson in the ravens seemingly they're going to hitch their wagon to him for a long-term contract it sounds like Again, I, I see both sides of it, right? He's not the prototypical quarterback. Mm-hmm. Questions arise. Can you win with him whenever it gets to crunch time in the playoffs? And his performances probably bear, you know, they merit some of that criticism, right? So uh, he had the two long runs against the Titans, which were kind of the difference in that low-scoring defensive affair. But if you're the Ravens GM, would you lock him down to a long-term contract? Let's say a Dak or a Deshaun Watson type of contract, four years, $180 million, five years, $200 million. That's a long time, and that's a ton of cap space to commit to a player that seems to be a fantastic fantasy guy, but can you win a Super Bowl with him, Butter? Man, I don't know. I mean, one of the things with Lamar Jackson, as much as he runs the ball, and if you're going to pay him the big money – and, uh, you know, I mean, I like watching the guy play. I mean, uh, I hope that he can get them a Super Bowl eventually uh, because, I mean, he's just one of those fun guys to watch play and watch uh, run the ball and make plays, you know I mean, because he makes a ton of plays where it looks like, you know I mean, he should be sacked 10 yards back in the backfield. But the thing with having Lamar Jackson and a, a quarterback Lamar Jackson um, – the thing about having that type of running quarterback is with them with 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 running the ball like that. I mean, um, you're taking a, a really really ch- big chance of getting injured. So if if the Ravens are expecting Lamar Jackson to lead them to the Super Bowl uh, and are going to sign him to a big contract, they're going to have to they're going to have to take the chance on him getting hurt and not being able to play. Maybe half of a game, maybe one game, just to let his body um, heal up. Because, I mean, he's going to get injured because, uh, I mean, if, you, if you're a quarterback running the ball like some of them do. So, I mean, you're going to have to get a solid backup in there that can possibly uh, lead you to, like, a, a win whenever you need it. And, I mean, you can't just get a run-of-the-mill quarterback, you know I mean? Well, this guy's got 14 years experience. I mean, you can't go after that guy. You have to go after a guy that can run the football and that is kind of set up uh, in a way to lead the lead the team and lead the offense, kind of like Lamar Jackson. No, I agree. I mean, it's going to be an interesting decision, right? So, and again, I think the GM uh, and the head coach for sure 
uh, uh, John Harbaugh, I mean, they're they're going to tie their fates to that decision as well if they do lock him up to a long time uh, quarterback. But it, it, the team seems to rally around the guy. I mean, yeah. the team loves him, right? So they're they're and I, I think they need some wide receiver help as well. You know, our guy Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown, was their leading receiver this year. And he's I, not I don't, happy though. Yeah, and I don't I don't see Hollywood. You know, I love him. He's an OU guy. I want, want nothing for the best. I don't see him as a number one receiver. But I think he's a complimentary guy. I think he could be. You know, just an absolute uh, uh, fantasy stud if they can move him into the slot in some way, shape, or form because of that speed and quickness that he has. I, I just don't see him being a number one receiver. I think you need kind of that big possession guy. I mean, you think maybe they can go get him in the draft this year, right? Maybe you you move up and try to get a you know Jamar Chase or somebody like that from LSU, or uh, obviously any slew of the uh, Alabama receivers that are going to be coming out. But uh, I think him and Devonte Smith kind of have a similar game. Uh, Devonte. I mean, it's crazy to think that somebody's faster than Hollywood, but I think Devontae Smith might be faster. So, so maybe not the best compliment there, but you know, kind of bolstering uh, the the options that Lamar Jackson has uh, as uh, as passing targets might make him a better passer whenever it's all said and done. So, yeah, we'll we'll definitely uh, monitor that story as well. And that's going to be you know, again all about quarterbacks uh, here during the second half of the pod. And in again, has to be right because that's what's been dominating the news, not just the Super Bowl quarterback matchup, but kind of the potential free agent and trade targets as well. So. Well, Butter, we're up against a little over 50 minutes here, so kind of want to put a bow on this. But before we sign off, we have to give an update in the playoff fantasy competition that you and I are at, my friend. And so as it stands right now, going into the Super Bowl, I have a very slim tenuous 11-point lead, 276 to 265. Again, uh, going back uh, two or three weeks ago, Butter and I drafted players, kind of a snake draft back and forth between he and I uh, to kind of have a playoff competition as well. Um, I've got four guys left, Patrick Mahomes, Ronald Jones, running back of the Bucks, Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs, and then Harrison Butker, my kicker. You have three guys left, Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Travis Kelsey, the tight end uh, of the Chiefs. So, Probably anybody's game, right? So I, oh, I would I say so. I, I had a couple stinkers. Obviously, the Seahawks defense, I, I bet on that strategy that, hey, look, the Rams offense is going to be terrible. The Seahawks are definitely going to win round one. I'll get at least two games, maybe three. That didn't pan out so hot. They were only worth two points. Uh, Ronald Jones hasn't been a great pickup by me as well. Now, he get, he didn't play in the, the wild card game against Washington. He was injured. Had some limited uh, time in the last two games against the Saints and the Packers as well. And then you also got to think Patrick Mahomes missed uh, the second half. It's true. Of the, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's been worth 46 points through those two, well, I guess really what, a game in three quarters, yeah. right? So yeah. uh, Josh Allen was great for me, 67 points through those three games, so no arguments there. Tom Brady has been your man, right? 57 points through three games. You're going to get one more bite at the apple out of them. So he's probably probably going to be the overall top scorer in our fantasy competition whenever this thing's all said and done. Your stinker was obviously Derrick Henry, only worth five points, and then obviously they they lose uh, to the Ravens in the round one. But outside of that, you had some pretty solid picks, right? I guess Ty- Tyler Lockett didn't pan out, but I think that was one of your last picks as well. So we were well, kind of getting down to the end of the barrel there. Well, I mean, I knew with Derrick Henry uh, drafting him that uh, there was a – Pretty good possibility that they weren't going to make it out of the first round. But, God, I mean, I figured he'd be worth more than five points. I agree. I mean, that was the most <laughs> shocking result of that. Not, you know, we talked about Lamar Jackson. He had a, a really good performance there, breaking off a couple of long runs. That's not shocking. But uh, the way that the Ravens were able to bottle up Derrick Henry uh, after what was just, um, you know, another incredible stat 
year uh, for the uh, the Titans running back. So definitely a, a bit of a surprise there, but that, that's that's why you play the games, right, buddy? Yeah. So from a fantasy perspective as well. So our listeners, they can check that out over at the website at fantasysportspros.com and check out all the variety of podcasts that we have under the Sports Pros Network. We're always making pits, picks, whether it be fantasy sports, whether it be outright bets. Um, you can always get on the website and kind of scroll down to the bottom there and see our weekly picks. Again, we update that uh, week in and week out. So we have uh, fantasy soccer picks. We have uh, whenever college football is going, you and I have picks. Our, we have our way too early top 10 up there on the website now. Obviously, uh, NFL playoff fantasy picks right now. Golf picks with our man uh, Jay Till on the, uh, the You're Still Out Golf podcast. And then obviously some betting advice and tips from our gambling guru, uh, Ch- Chalk OKC's own, Mr. Chad Ford, which Chad's out in Vegas this week as well. So I, I talked to him. Good he, luck, Chad. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, well, he, he does pretty well. So I, I'm sure he'll do well while he's out there. I'm going to try to get him to call in from Vegas tomorrow morning and give us a little vibe check on what Vegas is like out there right now. Uh, obviously kind of coming back from the uh, COVID pandemic and, uh, and getting folks uh, a little more comfortable to kind of come out to, uh, to the desert uh, and, uh, and make a few bets. And I'm sure Chad will give us some tips uh, and advice and who he's picking for the Super Bowl prop bets and the, the whole nine yards whenever we get the chance to talk to him uh, on the BBSBC pod later this week. So, well, Butter, my friend, I think that just about wraps it up again. I'm not going to ask you for a pick for the Super Bowl. We're going to do another pod next week. And so once we get a little closer to kickoff, uh, we'll do our deep analysis on the Super Bowl matchup prop bets, the whole nine yards next week uh, on the uh, the, the next uh, edition of the Fantasy Fessionals. But in the interim, Butter, we got what uh, a Madden simulated Pro Bowl this weekend, I think. Yeah. So So assuming that we have some sicko listeners and some degenerate gamblers out there, Butter, if they want to get at you, my friend, and get some fantasy football advice or maybe some picks or tips on the Pro Bowl, how can they get at you? How can they find you on Twitter, Bud? Okay, I'm on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Van Curen, or a.k.a. the Fantasy Fessional, and that's J-E-R-E-M-Y underscore v-a-n-c-u-r-e-n awesome brother well again i appreciate you being in studio and riding shotgun with me yet again good to have you back in studio so i, I much prefer to have Great you to up here back. and and uh, crack a couple beers and, uh, and and shoot the shit with you uh whenever we're not recording the pods as well so well gang this will wrap it up for this episode but remember the conversation doesn't end here to keep it going and to also keep up with everything we're doing over at the sports pros network check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on twitter at sports underscore pros and remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Uh, I'd say enjoy the games this weekend, but enjoy the break, I guess. Go out, do some yard work, do whatever you need to do this weekend, satisfy some honeydews, and get ready for Super Bowl Sunday the following week. Again, we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everyone. <laughs>